0: Welcome in to the Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin, and today I am delighted to be joined by somebody who might be a familiar name to those of you who have been listening to or following the, the show for some time. Um, he was involved with the, the show a couple of years ago and has gone on to do very big things he is currently the communications officer with the Erlingus College Football Classic. Welcome to the show, Scott McCabe. Oh, what an intro
1: that is, Colin. My my. Get the red carpet out and chuff that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Colin. Thanks for having me on. Really, really appreciate it. Um kind of struggling these past few weeks. You know, yeah, I know I'm saying weeks. It's been nearly just over a week now since, you know, we got over the Super Bowl, but my my it's tough Sundays. I don't know what to do with myself now. I'm sure you're the exact same. Yeah,
0: I know. No, no red zone. No uh, clips to be sharing in any kind of WhatsApp groups. It's um, <laughs> it's it's a lonely uh N- NFL uh, offseason. But we free agency and uh, the draft. I, I guess will keep us um, going. And we have that big game in August uh, to look forward yes. to. That that we will inevitably uh, come to discuss. I, I always say, Scott, the people on this side of the Atlantic have. An NFL origin story in much so the same way that Marvel superheroes have an origin story. There's a reason that, you know, you would have came across the sport. You, you decided to, you know, become a fan of the sport. And I'm interested in hearing about your NFL origin story.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm certainly no Avenger or, or superhero anyway, but I'll give it a give it best shot. It's, it's probably not going to be a, made into a blockbuster movie, but, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Um, the story really begins with my dad, I suppose. Um, he was the, the guy who got me into the sport and introduced it to me as a whole. Um, He used to work over in Boston in, in his early 20s and um, bartended over there. And as a young Irish guy, he would see, of course, the, the New England Patriots dominating at the time as, as they did. And he was curious as the sport. He, he kind of got into it a little bit. He, he said to the barman, he's like, who's the worst team in the NFL? The barman said the Kansas City Chiefs. And he said, okay, that's my team. Now in the long run, that has worked out very, very well for him, I must say, um, but but that's how he got into the sport. So then I suppose with me growing up, um, obviously over here, soccer is the main thing, or football as we, we, we call it over here. Um, it, it is the main thing and, you know, it's it's an, arguably for, for me and growing up in Dublin, it, it was one of the most popular sports and the guys in school would play it and even out on the road and, and they'd all play it and it was something that I was involved with and I used to be a goalkeeper and, and I used to enjoy it in my, in my early teens and then... I remember kind of i just remember wanting something a little different a different sport a little taster or something that was quite quite different altogether and um i remember very vividly that uh my, my mom and sister used to get the tv come sunday at about six seven o'clock so my dad was sent up to the attic where he would watch red zone and most of the time i'd ignored and i wouldn't go up i wouldn't pop upstairs i'd, I'd even be but there was one Sunday I was like, look, you know, I'm a young guy. I want to see what my dad's up to. So oh, I I trotted upstairs and I said to my mom, I said, where's dad? And she was like, he's watching, he's watching Red Zone. I said, okay. I was like, what's that? And she's like, I don't know, but he likes it. I was like, right. Okay. <laughs> so um, they were watching Desperate Housewives. I didn't want to be watching that. So I, so I, I totted upstairs and uh, it was the Kansas City Chiefs were playing at the time. Just so happened to be, and it was Alex Smith and Jamal Charles and all these star studded names playing for the chiefs. And, uh, they were called the ding dong run the ball team back in the day, uh, the chiefs, cause there were nothing exciting, but, um, I could see the joy that it brought to my dad when, you know, a touchdown would go in or, you know, there'd be a big play and t- like as a couple of Sundays consecutively going up there and me asking questions and him being very patient with me, um, led to me kind of jumping all in all over the sport. And, you know, it got to a point where a couple of years down the line, um, that my knowledge actually surpassed him and he was he was okay with that I think it took him a minute to, to kind of register with first but uh that was sort of the the origin of it and then from there I'd go into school and I would talk to guys in my class about it and they'd be like yeah but like you know what is it and then suddenly I find found myself you know taking on that role as the explaining the game and introducing the game to new people which I loved and I think that the real game changer for me was getting into fancy football Um, that was the best way that I I would say that to any fan looking to get into the, into the NFL in particular is to to check out fancy football because that is the best way to learn new players and to stay on top of the rookies that come in and also just to have a bit of crack with the game overall so I think my kind of love for the game has is, is always been there but it, it needed nurturing if that makes sense and, and, and over time that, that came I've also been brought up in a family where we would go to trips to the United States on, you know, nearly every summer. And, and that kind of spurred on that that interest there into American sports. My dad was a Boston Red Sox fan as well. So it all kind of led into it. And then in 2014, um, I became well and truly a Dallas Cowboys fan. I used to be a Peyton Manning and, and Colts, but I didn't know anything back then. So I'm, I'm not a glory hunter. Don't give me that title just yet. Um, But we went to the uh, AT&T Stadium when I was 14. Um and seeing that field and seeing you know Jerry World as they call it for what it is was was, was life changing it really was and it, it changed my my mind of the sport and I was like okay this sport might not be big back home but it sure is big over here and it's something I want to be a part of so that's sort of where it all began.
0: Yeah, what what a what an introduction really to like to go to to Jerry World. I mean it is um. I think for for most fans in in the NFL, even if you're not a Cowboys fan, obviously everybody is aware of the Cowboys. But I think Jerry Jerry World is a place where a lot of people want to go and see, um, and uh, you know it is one of the um, the, the most famous, um, perhaps infamous with with Jerry involved um, stadiums in in the United States. And I suppose for for listeners, obviously, Scott, I'm familiar with your journalism work, For listeners who aren't as familiar, like talk talk to me, I suppose, you know, about how, you know, we you, we know how you came to be interested in the NFL, but how did you become interested in, in
1: journalism and in, in storytelling, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I think the first time I really showed a peak interest in it, like English in school, I wasn't, I was never like outstandingly good. And I think that's, and and conception that some people have when they when i talk to them i say oh you know i study journalism they're like oh you must have been amazing you must have got h1s and this and that i said no i wasn't great at the Macbeth side of things you know remembering quotes off by heart but i've always found the creative side of it came quite easy to me um and it was only until kind of later years that i i really took that on and i remember being in fourth year in in secondary school over here and there was a newspaper um kind of thing on our on our lunch break and I signed up for it and it was something I wouldn't really do because I was quite shy I would just kind of go under the radar in school but I signed up for it anyway and um I remember having the freedom to talk about whatever I wanted and I was like wow and this was just after the 2016 Georgia Tech Boston college game so I remember doing a little piece on that and just it just it it just flew to me I, I just remember it, it typing and not even like my fingers knew and it was just very natural and through that, I mean, I think the spark that I noticed after that was that I was, remember being on the bus and they were giving out, um, you know, leaflets of the paper because it was a school paper. And I did a couple of other sports as well. I would do like the, the football and the Premier League. And I remember the guys talking about, oh, you've got Chelsea above Arsenal or you have this or that. And I loved it, the kind of spark that it that it ensued and that, that followed it. And I was like, look, this is something that I, I want to dabble in a little deeper and, and kind of explore. So oddly enough as well, I think after that, in the months that followed, sometimes I would just come home and I would just write. And that was not really something I would do, but I, it just sort of happened over time and it was gradual. And I'd come home and just start writing pages of, you know, the Dal- outlook for the Dallas Cowboys in 2014, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and talking about all these guys. And I, I never really copped it until it came to the points where I was like, right, I need to make a decision what I want to do after uh, secondary school. And I did my fourth year work experience at SPIN 1038, a local radio station over here. And I love that. So I had a little taster all along and it just kind of, by chance, I was like, look, journalism, I think this is something I want to go into. And a lot of people, you know, when you, when you start a degree, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. But I really do remember that kind of first, first day, I, dare I say it, that I was like, okay, this is something that I'm I'm passionate about and I want to show my passion through it. Um, and journalism as a whole over here, it's, it's, it's great. It's bustling It's a great market and especially sports journalism, but what I've found in sports journalism is, is that it's very kind of soccer based you know, rugby based and regional base as it you'd expect, you know, we're, we're coded our rugby, we want to hear about that. Um, and there's not a lot of stories and connections between, you know, Ireland and American football, um, besides the, the Irish Scottish football classic and a couple of other storylines, there's nothing that really grabs your attention, so through that I was like okay well this is something I want to have a look at and I remember being in class and saying you know the lecturer went around and he says okay why do we why did you pick this course why did you pick this course and you know I said oh I picked journalism because I'm interested in American football and a couple of people laughed and it wasn't anything you know spiteful or anything but it was nearly like oh my god what a long shot like American football it was like something out of this world that was just not even in reach like there's no way you, you can even chase after a career in that. Um and I mean, I always kind of feel that any other person that might've knocked a little bit and that kind of does scare me that I, I would never want someone to go off their passion just because of what others would say. Um, I think I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by supportive friends and family that have always kind of kept me going and being positive and go, no, do something you love, you clearly love this. And, you know, when people say, oh, look, your passion shows through your work, then that's when I get a real boost. Um, And then that's when the writing kind of came and I would always try and find an angle with um with college Rick to try and squeeze in an American football story. And then on top of that, you know, getting in touch with the likes of the Irish NFL Show, you guys, and and saying, look, you guys are doing something. I'm interested in it. Can I get a few pieces up? And I think it it really is all about I, I would say to any budding journalist, no matter what you're doing, it's it's finding your niche and also chasing after it as well, which is really important. Um, you know, you, you need to have something outside of college because everyone comes out of college with the same you know what, what sets you apart and getting those articles with yourself was was such a, an amazing moment with me i remember that was the first kind of work that i had published and it was out there in the public and it was quite a scary moment as well but it was it was a moment of great joy and i was really really proud to, to get that up there and i do thank you guys for that opportunity um and and sort of through that then it, it just kind of gone from level to level so then I did the articles for you guys and then Super Bowl came around and I remember getting in touch. I remember having COVID, sitting on my bed and being really kind of down and being like, look, the Super Bowl is in two weeks. We need, you know, someone's got to talk about this. Like, where, where's the hype around it? And I sat on my computer and I'd say I emailed about 15, 16 media companies over here, every one of them, you know, just saying, look, I'm willing to speak about it. This is kind of my resume. This is what I've done in the past. If you're willing to take a chance on me, I'll do it. I'll do it freelance. Just, just give me an opportunity to come in and speak and I'll go for it. And luckily one of those bits, one of those companies and that, that happened to be Sports Joe and I went into the stadium, into the stadium, <laughs> it wasn't quite a stadium, it was a studio, but I popped into the studio um, in Dublin and I was, it was quite nervous. It was my first time ever doing something really like that. Although I put myself in that position. I, you know, I was still all new to me. So being mic'd up for the first time and. And sitting in a in a studio with the lights all on you and looking at the camera directly I had to learn all those things but just that flow when when the camera was rolling I, I do remember it being like whoa this is such a buzz so it's, it's kind of been a full journey of that and then on top of that um I would do the pieces for you I would try and do sports Joe pieces but the biggest thing for me was creating um the Irish punt and essentially I that was I wanted to show my passion for the sport uh through Instagram through creative kind of Uh, social media pieces through whether that be video or imagery or whatever it might be I just wanted to create a platform for NFL fans um, and and see where it could go and just sort of all my work my opinions too which you know (laughs) try try beyond bias as a Cowboys fan but really just explore exploring all opportunities there and and just showing how great the sport really is at a really kind of simple level that everyone can understand and um, you know when I think back to it now I was driving dad was in the car, I was sitting beside him and I said, look, I'm thinking about setting up this thing called the Irish Punt. It's an Instagram page. You know, I'm still in college. Maybe I should look at doing this after college and, or what do you think about this? And you know, my dad and my parents all together, they could have turned around and said, look, focus on your studies. Don't be wasting any time on, on something like this. But instead they said, I think it's a great idea. Go for it. And they might not have thought it was a great idea, but they still had that encouragement to say, look, give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we go for it. And look it, it, it it managed to I've been very lucky with the way things turned out. and um it just, yeah, sort of from there we've we've, we've kind of gone up well, th- those people who uh, laughed at,
0: at you, Scott should have been aware that Sam Monset uh, is mm-hmm. uh, a graduate from Teal, yeah. Dublin and journalism there. So, um, you know there there are there is a particularly good example of um, <laughs> of somebody who has uh, gotten a, a journalism qualification yeah. in Ireland and gone on to do um great things, and it is a you know I suppose we have that um you know history um and continuing on reputation as storytellers, which I think um lends lends itself to you know sports journalism, and I'm wondering for for you in terms of. Are there people in like be they either kind of print journalists or radio personalities or TV personalities or, or indeed social media personalities who you particularly kind of admire or look up to or who kind of inspired you
1: that could be in the past or or, or still do? Oh gosh, that's a that's a very good question. Um I think good morning football was a real game changer for me. Um and you know, watching that and how just casually these people talk about football, but the joy that they have when they talk about football—you know, a huge fan of Kay Adams and the work that she would do, and and all the guys in particular there, um, and and Kyle Brandt and you no, know, the list goes on with these guys. But really, that's the sort of show that sticks out to me because I could relate to it, and um, there wasn't really anything over here, American, you know, football-wise that I could really pinpoint at that time it, with with me growing up. So. You know, being introduced to stuff like that was was so just game changing altogether. and and the fun that's uh, that's why I can't get back to it. like it, it was you, you could see it and it was infectious. And I wanted to be a part of that. Um and I suppose through that, then I've just tried to try to nurture that in my, in my own way. But I think the biggest moment for me as well was that um I remember in first year of college. I I've mentioned earlier I was a fan of fantasy football so I reached out to Marcus Grant who is was an NFL fantasy football literally expert and he hosts the show and the podcast and and everything he's really involved and I shot him a Twitter DM really not expecting anything back and this is before I had any work to my name and I said look I'd love to interview you for a college you know project that I'm doing and when he came back I ran you know he came back to me said Scott, no problem at all um, I'll answer your questions whatever you want I'll, I'll do it and I was so taken back I lost my breath and everything I was running down to my parents and they're like who is this guy And I'm like no he's really big he's really big in our world and uh, so Marcus grabbed as well it was probably just the kindness that he showed me getting into this sort of industry Um, and the time that he he gave me over time, it was just it's just not very special so I'd say Marcus Grant in particular his work because I read his articles as well as a young kid on the bus to school seeing who I put my roster and everything and and to be interviewing him a few years later down the line was was really really special.
0: Yeah, I think that kindness uh, and people being willing to to give back and recognize others who are kind of coming up the the ladder that's great to to hear that he was uh, willing to to do that. I am interested. Um, you know, b- before we get into maybe the college game in the the Dallas Cowboys and in terms of. Where you, like this is it's an interesting one because obviously that the season ended in in disappointment. Um, it it's it they, they, they feels like the Cowboys have maybe been in flux for a couple of years now, right? Mike McCarthy comes yeah. in and it almost felt like as soon as he got the job, he was on the hot seat and people were questioning it. So we have seen this offseason, obviously Kellen Moore moving on, a number of the other coaches moving on, but well, Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn are still there. We know the defense is ferocious. But from your own thoughts as, as a fan, Scott, like where do you see the the Cowboys going? Can you see them being competitive next season? Is this is it going to require the moving where once Jerry Jones is no longer at the helm, for the Cowboys to really be successful, or can they, um, you know, make a a, a push, um, with Jerry now? I think in his
1: eighties, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Jerry's not getting any younger, and the one thing in particular there is that Jerry wants another Super Bowl, and we all know that Jerry is will do whatever it takes to get it, um, and that might be making a few questionable moves that the fans aren't happy with, or, you know, doing making some comments in the media. Which I don't think often do benefit the team, um. But nonetheless, I think for the Cowboys and Cowboys fans, look, we're sometimes we're the laughing stock of the NFL because we say it every year: this is our year, and we're we're very cocky in in how you know we we go about our daily business when it comes to football talk. I think with the Cowboys, I mean, I, I've been following them really, really properly since sort of 2014, and I remember watching Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and that fantastic rookie season the two of them that they had and the undefeated streaks we went on. And I remember being like, whoa, this is great being a Cowboys fan. All you do is win. Um, and, you know, that quickly came crashing to a halt when a couple of seasons down the line and, you know, either Dak gets injured or, you know, injuries and we just don't perform. Um, And obviously the Jason Garrett era is now over. So moving on from that, Mike McCarthy. I I do not, like, I don't do it every season and I'm not going to say that I do it every season, but I do have, yeah a high you know, expectations coming into the season, more so than I did last season. I didn't really know what kind of Cowboys team I was looking at last year. Um And Mike McCarthy is always going to be on the hot seat just because you're a coach in America's team, as they call it, you know, the eyes are always going to be on you. But with the Cowboys, I think they've hoped this year. And I think that really, really like dots back to Dan Quinn and keeping him. And like you said, the Cowboys ferocious defense. If we had a lost him I would have been very, very concerned. But holding on to him, holding on to that core defense, you have Micah Parsons there, you have Trayvon Diggs, you have these playmakers. So by keeping them, defense is sorted. We know what the offense can do and how electric that can be at times when it's managed correctly. But I, I, I think with the Cowboys looking at the NFC East, look, it's not getting any weaker. We all know that. It used to be the NFC East. Now I would call it the NFC Beast because it is a beast of, of a division when you look at it. And Look, the Eagles coming out of nowhere and making it to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts, what a quarterback he is. He looks MVP caliber. So to, you know, to go out and say, look, the Cowboys are going to make it to the Super Bowl and it's going to be easy. No, like I, w- I wouldn't say something like that, but I will say the Eagles are in a bit of a rebuild and they have a lot of free agents now hitting hitting the market, losing their both their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. That's going to play a role as well. Um, I still fancy the Cowboys to, to take that division next year. So you look at the division, you go, okay, if the Cowboys make that, where can they go from there? Every year, the Cowboys get that little bit closer to the NFC Championship game. Just that little bit. Whether it's, you know, knocked out by the 49ers, which is becoming nearly a regular basis, which is very, very hard to, uh, to, a bitter pill to swallow, shall I say. But um, look, I feel good about the Cowboys. I think with Dak as well, there's questions about him. Is he he just a good quarterback or is he a great quarterback? And the team needs a leader right now because there's a lot of big personalities and superstars on that team that want to ring. And, you know, I hate to say it, but very quickly, they could change their mind on Zach Prescott if he doesn't start to deliver. And it's not just on him, it's on the offense in general. Now, Ezekiel Elliott isn't getting any younger, we know this, but it's it's finding the weapons and the right guys and, and you know, utilizing them, which we saw this year with CeeDee Lamb, which was for all Cowboys fans, I think I speak for here, is that that was so brilliant to see finally an established number one wide receiver. Like, there was a lot of pressure on C D with the departure of Amari Cooper to the Browns in that offseason last year, but he rose to the occasion and he he what a year he had. You know, he got Dalton Schultz as well. So the weapons are there, the talent's there. Nothing has majorly changed on the coach in front. I don't see why the Cowboys can't make a deep playoff run this year and potentially, you know, reach the pinnacle of of the NFL season, which would be the Super Bowl. Um, but I've always got to be realistic as well and you know, go back to the oh well you are the Cowboys and this and that. And I know, I know, but I, I feel I do feel good about this season. I feel a lot better coming into this year than I did last year, which for me is is promising. Uh, as a fan, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Would I like to see a new quarterback? It's an interesting. One. I think the Dak Prescott system we all sort of know how it looks and the play style. I love it, and at times it can be very good. But then at times, like Dak was nearly in the top where he was in the top half of the league last year with quarterbacks throwing interceptions. You know, you can't be throwing like that number of interceptions and suddenly expecting to win a Super Bowl. It doesn't work that way, you know. Um, so one quarterback that would sort of interest me in this draft that wouldn't be going high for like a Bryce Young or a big name like that but uh, Max Duggan out of TCU it just I, I don't know there's something about that kid I, I really like Um, you know leading Texas Christian University to a national championship look the result didn't go their way in the final but he still led that team With he was the star of that team and I think if the Cowboys got him look he's a Texas he's from Texas himself like you know um, if we got him to even sit behind Dak Prescott for a year in the same manner that you know Patrick Mahomes sat beside Alex Smith, I'm not saying that Max Duggan is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, but I'm saying that you got to give time for quarterbacks to to learn the game, and sometimes throwing them out there instantly isn't the best you know option. So that would excite me in this draft. On when your team goes for an offensive lineman in the draft, it's not really shiny or you're not like wow, but it made a difference last year with Tyler Smith for the Cowboys. So with this season, I can't wait to see what the front office does. But I do think we are in a very good position to, you know, make a deep playoff run as opposed to a couple of other teams in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to to see. And I think, um, you know, the Jerry will undoubtedly make moves. As I said, he will. Uh, he wants to get that uh, that next spring. Um, and and really show sure that. Um, you know, it wasn't Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah that, that will that will always kind of stick around there. But um, you you mentioned earlier, I suppose the like going to um, I think Georgia, the Georgia Tech um yeah. BC game, and my experience with football on this little island goes back all the way to to 1991 and the the Wild Geese Classic in Fordham uh, versus Holy Cross in mid November in uh, in Limerick. They, they do things very differently now with week zero and August, and, and it's much nicer. <laughs> talk talk to us. For for people who are listening in, there'll be those who are super familiar with the, the college game mm. in Ireland, the Aer College Football Classic. There'll be those less familiar with it, um, and, and there'll be people around the world who might not know a great deal about
1: it at all. Tell us a little bit about that, Scott. Yeah, so the Erling is College Football Classic—it's a five-year series that we basically have five five games coming over. So last year we had Northwestern and Nebraska, and um, I think a lot of talk of that game—you know—aside from the free beer, was that the quality of football was, was was brilliant. I mean, save for what it was, two teams going at it, non-stop action. So that was the game last year. This year we have Notre Dame and Navy coming to town, and um, twenty-sixth of August, um, on the Saturday as well. So. You can just you can picture it already, Callum. Lovely sunny sunny Saturday in Dublin. The Vivian Stadium packed to the brim, and and you know what a game we've got in store. So it's college teams coming over, and for like why you know do we kind of look at doing something like this? Well, college football by by bringing these games over, it's becoming a we're becoming a major catalyst in making like Dublin the home of college football essentially, and um, because no one's really doing what we're doing, we have that unique. Irish-American link as well, which always helps. Um, And obviously this year with the with the Fighting Irish, I mean, it, it, it's in the name you, you got with Notre Dame. So these games, you know, they're brought to Ireland as, as sort of like a, a, a part of an initiative to drive inbound tourism as well Um, and tourism from the United States. So this year we're expecting 40,000 US travelers to come over for the game, which speaks for itself when, you know, you, you talk about the magnitude of this game in particular. Um, and this game is estimated to be in the region of 147 million in worth to the Irish economy, so it, it they're huge games altogether. Um, not only for what they they do um economically, but what they do for the game here in our country and and putting us on the map is oh my gosh, Ireland college football. Whoa, this is this is um, off the charts, and I think it's for new fans as well getting into the sport for American football Ireland for guys going. I really enjoyed that game I went to last summer. How do I get involved? Oh, we actually have a league over here. So the this college football classic we're. we're we're essentially you know being the the kind of the pioneers of american football in ireland in terms of, of pushing games hosting games over here in our country showing that there we've, we've got fans over here that are really interested in the sport and also just showing the the, the pageantry of college football and, and what's it all, what it's all about college football might not be your thing and you might be more of an nfl fan but you know that it relates to the, they're all intertwined college football and for those who aren't familiar like you'll have guys that Played last year, and we do have guys that played last year uh, for Nebraska and Northwestern. Uh, Peter Skaronski, for example, the offensive lineman for Northwestern, he played for Northwestern last year. This year, in the upcoming draft in April, he's expected to be a top ten pick. So in the NFL, so it, it just goes to show these guys, you, you are seeing the future stars of the NFL right in front of your eyes in your home state, you know, in, in your own country. It's 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 quite surreal when you when you think back to it. And I think the biggest storytelling kind of thing that comes to my mind was that I was 16 and I went to the, the Georgia Tech and Boston College game. As I said, I had a little kind of niche interest in American football, but that was my first Amer- like live American football game. Whatever it is about watching it on the TV, when you're there and you see the, you know the fans, the chants, the marching bands, the cheerleaders, it all just comes together and just creates such a special Spectacle, I would say. Um, and in that game in particular that I saw, um, and I'm sure you were there too. Um, one very special player emerged, and that was Harrison Booker, who went on to be drafted by the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers had issues in their kicking department, um, and they and they stuck with the rookie altogether. Sorry, they stuck with the veteran Graham Gano, which led to you know Booker becoming a free agent. But then the Chiefs kicker, um, that they had at the time got injured, so Booker was then signed as a free agent, and now butker is a two-time super bowl champion so this is a guy who played for georgia tech in 2016 and now has gone on to win two super bowls so you know the, the talent it, it really is there and it's not oh you might you know if we look at colleges over here and, and the level it, it's a different ball game altogether you know the, the level and the intensity these are pro athletes and this is what shocked me i remember last year at the at the practice session walking around going five eleven. i thought i was I'm tall enough no 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 when, when a six foot four offensive lineman is standing right beside you you are humbled very very quickly um <laughs> it, it's pretty humbling all right so yeah look the games and, and what we do is is it's also why I, I really wanted to get involved with with the college football Ireland is because I saw what they were doing and, and I did the show that they really put on because it is a show um and I was just like this is something I, I want to be a part of um how do I do that and I was lucky i'm lucky now to be in a in a role to promote these games and um on our social media and and coming on and talking to you like yourself and and just you know getting people involved and, and aware that when these games come around it's not like oh okay the games are coming like when 40 000 americans are in dublin uh you're gonna notice it you know <laughs> it, it's not gonna be quiet it's it's gonna be like wow this is this is special um so for fans, I, I would say then as well, looking to to get tickets to this game. So this game is kind of, I would say, at, at a level that, uncharted territory probably because the demand is is so high. So for fans looking over in Ireland to and Europe, looking to get involved with the game and you know to attend it, um, you can sign up for the, the college football lottery, um, so you can sign up through that through collegefootballireland.com and you can register there through for a lottery ticket uh, up until the thirty first of March, um, and after you've done that and you've registered. You'll then be notified if you've been successful with an email on Monday, the 3rd of April, Um, and you'll know then if you, you know, you can make plans of, okay, we've got the tickets. This is what we'll do. Um, And it's two tickets per person. And, you know, people, I know there's, there's probably a bit of frustration because look, there are two stars still at teams coming. You have Notre Dame and Navy. Um, And people might be like, look, why can't I get a ticket? It's unprecedented demands for this year's game. Um, And to ensure that everyone had a sort of level opportunity and it was fair. And balanced the, doing a ticket lottery was the right thing to do um as opposed to you know a big scramble and, and just a mess altogether. so it was the fairest thing we could do look we would love to invite the whole of ireland over and, and expand it you know get people everywhere but it's just not realistic so unfortunately that that is what we have to do but um it for those that get to attend it, it's going to be so so special and um I, I i'm already ecstatic but i think the thing that got me is when I joined the, the College Football Ireland, I never knew the sort of prep that went into the, the games themselves, you know, from last year, I had a media perspective and I had my journalism cap on and I was like, oh yeah, in about, you know, probably July, I really took notice of the games. So I was like, I need to start doing more on this. No, 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 no. But you know, we're, we're working on this all the throughout the year to make sure this is the best experience for people calling and, and that they enjoy it. And you know, that the content is there and it's it, to be a part of it like I've said several times it just is really special because I was such a fan of the sport and I hope that a few people come to the game you know and they leave as, as fans of the sport and they continue their you know pursuit of American football whether that be playing it watching it or you know just I don't know throwing the ball you don't need to play it in terms of if padding up isn't for you and, and playing it on a Sunday's not for you that's cool but even if it means you throwing the ball with your buddies down the park and and just enjoying the game for what it is and i think just appreciate the sport is the most you know it's the one message i would like to get out um i think we're very quick over here to say oh it's two stops start i'm not watching that or oh it's two this or to that just give it time you know um you know learn the rules be, be with someone who either knows the game or if you want to watch a short video before you attend the game as to the quick rules and maybe one or two players to look out for It'll make your life a lot easier and you'll probably enjoy the game a whole lot more because you'll have a brief understanding of what's going on. Now, if you don't want any interest in what's going on in the game, but you want to go to the game, well, look, you're going to have the March Bands and the cheerleaders. So there really is something for everyone. Um, and and yeah, look, it's it's promised to be a fantastic game.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there are a number of things that, that you said there that stand out because... The the atmosphere will be fantastic um, and undoubtedly, you know, it will lead to increased interest and hopefully more people getting involved in American football Ireland. But, you know, as we now know, as the uh, Super Bowl halftime ad highlighted, flag football is massively mm-hmm. increasing in popularity. Yeah. We are gonna this little island down in Limerick is gonna be hosting the European Flag Football Championships. Talked to Liam Ryan earlier about uh this week about that. That's gonna be a huge occasion yeah. as well. And I think it's a testament, I think, to the growing popularity of sport and the work taking place um by um, you know, the early College Football Classic, by American Football Ireland and people throughout the country who are helping to to promote uh, the the sport that um i suppose that's the other thing um scott around this is you mentioned you know there's going to be forty thousand americans the game is happening but it's not just the game i mean last year there were the the pep rallies and and various bits Mm -hmm. and pieces around town that stuff will be happening again right
1: yeah look there's going to be a series of events on you know throughout it and for press as well of course you know there'll be interviews and there'll be training sessions but there's so much that that really comes along with these games and like you were saying there look we're planning lots of different events for for everyone, just to have a, a great, great time in the build-up to the game. Because although these games were in Ireland, it, it's an American sport. It's an American tradition. So doing stuff like pep rallies and all that sort of stuff, and and marching bands, and, and all these other little add-ons. It it you know we're we're trying to make it like because at the end of the day, one of these teams is giving away their home game. You know, um. So we're we're it's like friends from home, and you know making home in ireland and um i think yeah but all these little things we do it makes the game so so special Um, and and they stick out to other sporting events that are that are one day events this is the build-up is what is look when you look at the likes of the super bowl it's it's not just a one day event you've got your media days and you have all these other things and and that's sort of similar to what we're doing we've got plenty of of events planned in the build-up to the actual game which then when the game comes along, you're like, okay, I'm ready. I've been waiting for this. And look, I'm talking to you in February and I am like ready to go already for this game. So I cannot wait to, to see. And look, Colm, there is some sensational players on both sides of the ball on this game. um, And it's going to be some really, really great football. And there's a lot of firsts as well. Um, they, uh, Notre Dame just announced their new offensive coordinator yesterday. So you know, th- you're going to see different teams and, and Navy now have a new head coach. So it's kind of although it's it's a first for people going to the game for the, some of these coaches it's, it's their first time calling new plays and, and getting involved and stuff like that so it it's going to be amazing and it's been over 10 years since Notre Dame uh, last played in Ireland you know so there's a lot of you know, we have that Notre Dame Irish connection and there's a lot of fans eager to see them once again and they're going to get that opportunity this summer hopefully to to go and see them in the Aviva and, and, and cheer for the fighting Irish or, or the Naval Academy um and to, to be involved, I mean these two franchises in particular. Um, for people who you, they might hear Notre Dame, but Joe Montana went, you know, a former Notre Dame alumni like and Roger Staubach from um from Navy. I mean these are, these guys won Super Bowls and are and are NFL legends. Um, and I've gone to these colleges, so what I'm sort of saying there is that some of these players you're you're going to see are are going to make it to the next level. It's not an if some of these guys are going to make it to the next level, and um. Just, just soak it on up is what I'll say. I'm still trying to remember some of these guys that I saw last summer, uh, because I know that they're they're going to be holding their their you know jersey for whatever team that selected them in the draft. Um, and and to be to be able to say, look, I saw him in the Aviva. It, it's pretty cool, you know. So, um, I would say the fans, look, strap in. It, it's it's going to be an experience.
0: Yeah, no, I mean some of the mock drafts I've seen thus far have Skronsky going potentially even top five. Um, yeah, you know, that's yeah. kind of the level of talent, and like Notre Dame's like a list of of Notre Dame alum who have gone on to stellar careers is unbelievable. And if you go back to you know that that eleven years ago and you see what that game in Ireland launched for Notre Dame and kind of relaunched the program in, in many ways. They, they went on this incredible run. Um, and ever since then, while they mightn't have the sustained success that they had in the past, they've certainly been back in the the national spotlight, which has been great to see. And I know what you're saying around like the events, that's all part of it. I was um, at Trinity College in the build-up to that um, BC Georgia Tech game at that time. That was yeah. the hub. It was fantastic. There was such a buzz about the place, and, and it was great. And I know that that will be the case again on an even bigger scale. But the fact that this as well is the first time we've had back-to-back games. So, like, in one year. Yes, back. exactly. That is a testament again to the growing popularity. And I think that is one of the another reason why you've had to do the lottery. Like, because Yeah, it's so yeah such a level of interest
1: that's it colin you know you got people who were like that was great fun last year i want to go to it again and you know and when the fixtures and the the teams you know you've got that instant irish connection here already it's like i'm going to that um so you know as i said earlier look we'd love to invite the whole nation round, but it's just not feasible so um but it, it's going to be really really spectacular i suppose the i'm running out of words to describe it i'm so excited like <laughs> um well um
0: what what one thing that stood out to me, and um, I will get the, the details, but it's funny you were talking about Harrison Butker because Super Bowl yeah. winning kickers, they end up going to um, to, to different teams. I, I'm reminded Lawrence Tynes began life your, with your dad's Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Brother, <laughs> he went not to win two rings with the Giants. And there is Har- Harrison Butker who talks so fondly. And I know um, yeah. that on your social media, he uh, you've shared the clips of him talking yeah. about his time in Ireland. and Um, On the Irish NFL show, we got the opportunity to talk to him in the the lead up to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And he spoke so fondly of his his time in Ireland. So it really does resonate with the players. And before I let you go, Scott, in terms of people wanting to get more information, because there will be people listening to this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you you will have done a great job of whetting their appetite Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get more information about the, the game in August.
1: Yeah, so I'd say obviously our website would be the, the sort of core hub for information and at College Football Ireland and you know, www.collegefootballireland you go on there, you'll from from tailgating options to to XY and Z usually 90% of the stuff you're going to be asking will be there and it'll be ready, available for you to, to kind of take a look at. If you want to get more involved with the sport and kind of be like, okay who should I look out for and you want sort of constant social media contact well, at College Football Ireland is our Instagram handle, we're also on Facebook so we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, recently launched our TikTok as well. Um so we're 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 really covering all these sort of platforms and we're on these, you know, to say you can't just make content for um a, a game in w- one game a year in August and, and, and live off that for for the whole year. You know, we we do talk about other things. We do mention in the NFL, we do talk about American football in Ireland. We're covering American football as a whole in Ireland, obviously, with it. With a large emphasis on the college football and when you find these special stories like booker and everything they need to be told so it's us going and digging and, and finding these stories and saying look isn't that amazing and, and educating people and there's no better joy i, I really find in, in doing say putting up a post and and looking in the comments and, and seeing someone say oh my gosh i was at that game i never knew that that's that really is like the i'd say the most enjoyable part of the job I've found so far is just kind of, again, just educating people. And it really goes back to me when I was back in school, talking to my friends about all American football, this and that, and suddenly doing that at a at a magnified scale. It's it's sort of full circle. Um, and I'm really, really appreciative to be in this sort of position. And I can't wait to just talk more about the games, but yeah, follow us on social media for sure. Um, and check out our website, for for more information about the games. And I wish everyone entering the Ticket Lottery the very best of luck. Um, I hope you guys get, get your tickets. Um, but don't worry if not, because we'll be back next year with another game. Um, so, look, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, and, and we will certainly um
0: put uh, links and the handles in the show notes for this episode as well. And as Scott says, they do some great stuff on social media. So do uh, check out all of their social media accounts. Scott, you have been a joy to talk to. You. You've been, done a great job as a hype man uh, for <laughs> the College College uh, football classic. And all that remains is for me to say thanks very much and look forward to welcoming you back on maybe closer to the game to talk about yeah. the, the teams and the
1: build up. I call him, look, I, I really can't thank you enough. And on a personal level as well, I just want to thank you because you are one of the, I, I know I mentioned Marcus Grant earlier, but. I also reached out to you in my first or maybe it was my second year of college and I asked to do a radio interview with you for a small college project. And once again, you were really familiar with me, but you sat down and gave me, I'd say over an hour of your time. And I never forgot that. And I, I really do appreciate that because when you're young and you're getting into the, the market like that, you need that kindness and you need that support. So I really mean that. I want to say thank you. And, and coming on today, it's been a real honor to, to, to chat football with you. And I, I really thank you for it.
0: Uh, well, I, I appreciate those kind words and, and you're welcome. As I said, when you were talking about Marcus Grant, I, I think it's really important that we support uh, the next generation coming up uh, after us. And um, I was delighted to you know talk to you back then. And I'm even more delighted to go uh, to see you go on uh, to do great things. So wonderful to chat to you today. I was definitely have you back on in the not too distant future.
1: I'd love to come on. Thanks so much, Colin. Really appreciate it.